Hello and welcome to Spotlight. I'm Howard Kane. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Taking you into spring with Manx Radio's artistic compendium programme. In tonight's show, perhaps the island's most popular photographer tells Jed just what it takes to produce an eye-catching picture. The golden boy of musical entertainment, Jonathan Eo, talks about his new show coming to the Centenary Centre in Peel next month and, of course, a close shave at the Gaiety. Remember, I'm always delighted to hear from you with any creative artistic endeavours you might be involved in planning, hoping to create or would really like to, well, put in the spotlight, be they poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, literary. Mine might be a challenge, but hey, we'll do it somehow or other. Just email me, spotlight at manxradio.com or howardkane at manxradio.com. First, after a gap of two years due to the COVID, it's back. The Joyous Few Evenings, which are the MADF One Act Play Festival. At its spiritual home, of course, the Erin Arts Centre. President of the Manx Amateur Drama Federation, Michael Lees, explained more to Beth Espy, whoever she is. It is absolutely wonderful to be back. And the first drama festival for two years, it is just amazing. And it's made such a difference to us. You know, we've really missed not being able to have an audience and, and enjoy them. And I'm sure the audience have missed us too. So we hope that they're going to come back in their droves and support the um, Wadak Play Festival at the weekend. So just for people who might be new to all of this, can you give us a, a very small potted history of what the festival's all about? Okay. So the Wadak Play Festival, as opposed to a full-length Easter festival is really an opportunity for both uh, playwrights, actors and the audience to try something new, really. I mean, some of the plays will have very well-known authors, but not necessarily the plays themselves. So it's an opportunity, and because the Air and Art Centre, which is where the festival takes place, is such an intimate atmosphere, it's very different to the Gaiety. With the Gaiety, as well you know, you have to project, and it's all about you know getting the message across in a very big way. In an intimate theatre like Aeronaut Centre, it's totally different. And it's eyeball to eyeball. Not everybody likes that, but it's eyeball to eyeball. And the audience absolutely listen to everything you say. So there's not much chance to go wrong and be adding the wrong words. But it is really an interesting exercise. And I do encourage people, if they haven't been to a one-act play festival, um, they don't have to come to every night. They can just come to one night and see if they like it. And if they do, come again, tell their friend. And if they don't, be quiet. (laughs) And... It's all judged, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And um, we say judged, and it is judged, and we're bringing over a a very well-known adjudicator called Robert Meadows, and he's been on the island before. Teams like him, and the audience like him. But the whole point of an adjudicator is not to tell people really, uh, no, you did that all wrong and, you know, hopeless. No, that's not the idea. The idea is to try and encourage actors to maybe try something different. The next time you do that, maybe try it in a different way. And for the audience, sometimes when you're watching a play, you think, I don't really understand what that means. And all of a sudden it all fits because the adjudicator explains it and you think, oh, yes, that's what they were trying to do. So it's a way of enlightening you and therefore you enjoy the theatre more. 
Now, I should say at this point, I am delighted that I am in, involved in one of the uh, productions that's happening actually on Thursday. Can you give us a rundown of what's happening and when then? OK, so the festival begins on Thursday, uh, the 3rd of March. And here we are, the first day of March today, which is great. So the first play is called The Droitwich Discovery by Nick Warburton. Now, here's a case that Nick Warburton's a very well-known author and the people that are putting it on are the Russian players which of course this is their home territory so we'll be expecting a lot of uh, enjoyment from this particular play and of course all the plays this week are comedies which is good so I think with all that's happening in the world maybe it's an opportunity to you know just relax for a, a, an hour or so and just enjoy the moment uh, this is a, a costume play it's all about Shakespeare it's not a Shakespeare play but it's all about Shakespeare so it's an interesting play and then we have... And then the next one is the service players called All By Myself by Robert Scott. And is that the one you're in, Ben? It is, oh, yes. Oh, jolly you tell is. me what it's about. Um, OK, so essentially this, again, as you say, they're all comedies, which I do think, as you, as you mentioned, is a great thing at this time. <laughs> Generally, we need a little bit of, of light relief. Um, so this is about a chap called Larry who's been shipwrecked on a desert island for seven years all by himself, or so he thought. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, jolly good. Yeah. Jolly good. Yeah. So at the end of the night's plays, and so there's two, the adjudicator will come on and he'll talk about them. Um, he won't tell you who was the best or anything like that, because that comes later in the week. But he will give points out as to what he thinks could be changed, improved, or some things he'll say, well, I just thought that can't be improved. It's fantastic. Then on the Friday, we've got the... Uh, stage one drama school and that's the youth section of the of the festival uh, we've only got one um, company this time and I think some of that is because of the fact that we haven't been operating for two years so a lot of these young people go to the drama schools and of course the drama schools haven't been open so I think that's what's affected it really but this play The Musicians by Patrick Marber again a very well known playwright it has I think 17 young people in it it's all about an orchestra going on to to foreign parts so um, I think that'll be a, a super opportunity for lots and lots of young people to have a go and normally the audiences really enjoy that one so I think they'll come in big numbers to see that so good luck to the young people on Friday night and then the last play on Friday night is the service players again uh, the Nativity Play by Daphne Kane, yeah, well-known member of society in the political world. And this play is um, it has been presented in different parts of the island. A nice little play, a bit different. Uh, I know it's a, we're coming up to Easter, so it's a rather strange thing to be having a Nativity Play, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. And then the final night, one play on the Saturday? Now, the final night is a very well-known play and author. The play is called The Lover and it's by Harold Pinter. Um, and this is by Hog the Limelight, who are recently, sort of in the last few years, a company, but very well established and they've done very good things in the past. Um, and of course, Harold Pinter can never be described as a rip-roaring comedy uh, because uh, that's the sort of man that he is and the sort of plays he writes. They're deep thinking and, you know, it still has some lots of fun in it, but it, it, it gives different ideas to things. Very good. And it's a love match, so that should be fun.
Oh, some brilliant plays to look forward to. And then on the Saturday, the presentation of the awards and trophies is actually taking place at the Falcon's Nest Hotel this time. And that's a little bit of a change to normal. It is a change. Now, sometimes you try new ideas and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. This is a brand new idea. We've never done it before. So instead of the adjudicator, he will talk about the play that's just been on. But then instead of him saying, now the winner is, it'll be a case of we're all now going to leave and go off to the Falcon's Nest. There's going to be a buffet there and of course there's a bar and the idea of it is just to make it a bit more social um, so the people maybe that think oh I don't know what I want to go to the Falcons Day. it's only a, it's not that long along the road a few yards I'm not into metres but uh, a few <laughs> yards along the road and then they can have some fun and then he'll uh, talk about the place so we'll see and the audience we're very much based on an audience so it's what they think of it so that's what we'll decide if we'll do it again I'll never hear of it again. It's great to have the festival back. I do encourage you to go along on any of the three nights. There's the usual wonderful mix of plays from great actors and actresses of all ages. And if you're really lucky, or unlucky, depending on your viewpoint, you might even see me wandering around from time to time. Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, Jonathan Neo is no stranger to the Isle of Man, having been raised here, but for the last... Well, he might not want me to say how many years. He's been enjoying great success as a professional singer, dancer, actor, entertainer, host, you name it, touring across the UK and beyond, I believe. He's back on the Isle of Man again next month at the Centenary Centre in Peel with his new show live at the Hit Factory, what promises to be a great night of 80s musical joyousness. He broke off from rehearsals today to tell me a little bit more about it. coming back with um, music, a uh, show with music from the 80s, which is um, a generation that obviously I'm far too, far too young to remember, but I'm bringing back songs from, um, it's going to include songs by Jason Donovan, Kylie Minogue, all the Scott Aikam Waterman songs, and it's going to be uh, camp, it's going to be glitzy, it's going to be glittery, it's going to be a big, a big show full of lots of um, neon and lights and dancing and singing, so it should be fun. I'm bringing a, a, a special guest from the West End with me, um, uh, and it's going to be a two-hander plus plus maybe a special guest um, who's, going to, who's going to be on stage playing the piano as well at some point. So, um, no, I'm bringing a special guest, Chrissy, um, from uh, from London. Terrific. And, and you're saying from the 80s. Sadly, I am very much of an era where I, I can remember a lot of the music from the 80s. Only, only just Howard, surely. Only just. <laughs> uh, so it is a straight coming basically from the West End in many ways. Just tell us a bit more about what you've been doing in the ensuing few years. We were saying at the beginning of this when we were just chatting, yes, we haven't spoken for ages. You've been busy, busy, of course. Give us a little, uh, if you can, a brief resume of what you've been up to the last few years. I've been back a few times with them. Um, I think the last time I came back to the show was at the island, sorry, was with a show called uh, What Like a Man, which was at the Centenary Centre. I've been back a few times presenting at the, the Gaiety as well, a few a few. Um, guest spots there um, throughout the summer uh, and but over here I've been busy touring with a show called Oh What A Night which is another Frankie Valley show and also I'm doing lots of ABBA uh, lots of ABBA shows because I ABBA tribute shows and uh, te- I'm doing lots of teaching as well over here so I'm trying I'm trying to keep fingers in all pies and stay alive throughout this you know this weird time 
It has been a strange time, presumably. Yes, you'll have been affected. You must be delighted to be back in front of live audiences again after, after well, the best part of two years of, of uh, pretty much yeah. lockdown. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it, it's good to be back on stage. It's good to see people enjoying themselves again, or starting to anyway, um, because, yeah, it has been a pretty dark time, as you said. But yeah, audiences are picking up over here. There's still people quite weary about it, but they're, they're picking up and slowly we'll, we'll get back to normal very soon, hopefully. So tell us a bit more about the Centenary Show. You're saying it's 80s-style music. You're saying it's sort of a duo. You've got, uh, you're bringing over maybe someone on piano. There's going to be a sort of a two-hander, as it were, on stage. So we're looking at, are they sort of straight songs from the shows? There's a performance element to it as well. How's it going to work? You're looking at um, a mixture, really, because uh, originally the idea was Stock, uh, stock Egg and Waterman Tribute, uh, which is all the uh, Jason Donovan stuff, Kylie mm. Minogue, uh, Rick Astley, which that's what's going to be the first half, and it's going to be can be fun. There's a lot of comic elements to it as well. And the second half will be more about 80 songs from the films and musicals um, with a lot of audience participation. So if you're there, Howard, get your, um, get your, um, your, your 80s gear on and we'll get you up on stage. I was just going to say that it does sound exactly like the sort of show which is it just shouts out for audience participation, people dancing in the aisles, clapping along, whatever the case may be. This is all to be encouraged, is it? That's what we want, definitely. And there'll be there'll be neon uh, glow sticks for sale on the night. Bring come dressed in your favourite 80s outfit. Um, lasers, UV lights, UV cannons. It's just it's going to be a, f- a fun night, uh, and that's what we want. We want people to enjoy themselves and and just remember a bit of. Uh, people will honour the songs as well. That's what the good thing is. So um, we hopefully me and Chrissy won't have to sing many of it. We'll just just listen to the uh, audience singing, which would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> and she's there with you now as, as well. Is she, have you worked with Chris for a long time? Is this something you've been working in, in duo for quite some time? Yeah, we've, we're, this, this is um, the beginnings of this show. So we've done, we've done um, a few gigs so far, but I've worked with Chrissy on other stuff. She's the choreographer on, on uh, the Overton Night Tour. She does her own thing. She's a great singer. Um, yeah, she's here, she's here now. She'll tell you a bit about what she's done, if you like. <laughs> Go for it if she's up for it. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> nice to speak with you. Hello. Uh, Hello. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm looking forward to coming to the Isle of Man. That's for sure. I've never actually been before. Oh, good. Yeah, but um, she's in for a shock, isn't she, Howard? Uh, yes, possibly. Particularly for coming <laughs> on the boat. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, well, yeah, it's going to be really good for me to get back on stage because actually, just before COVID, I was touring with a production of Alice in Wonderland, where I was playing Alice. Um, and then shortly after that, I had a baby, so I took some time out, and then COVID happened. Um, yeah, so it's going to be great to be back over on the Isle of Man for the first time back on stage. Absolutely. And uh, yes, but we're looking forward to seeing it. We're looking forward to the show. Any live theatre is always welcome, of course. What is it that you like about this music, or Jonathan for that matter, in that we're saying it's the 80s? Now, chances are you probably didn't remember the first round. Is it something you particularly like about this style of music? Is it the, the bazaars, the actual tunes, the, the whole camp razzmatazz? Well, the tunes are obviously up there they're so high energy they're so catchy i think there is well definitely everyone will be up on their feet isn't you can't not when you're listening to this kind of music no this is this is true it is something which actually just draws you in isn't it it is yeah for, for me um i'm slightly older um uh, than christy I'm, I'm 25 now uh, as you know howard and yep, it, absolutely for me for me, for me, um, it's stuff that I remember. Um, I, I hate to say it. Well, I do. I actually don't hate to say it. But Jason and Kylie, I, was, I grew up on their on their music. So for me, it's like a trip down memory lane. And uh, I'm going to mention Ben Hartley as well. He he loves this music. So Ben Ben will be there 
and he'll be he'll have his little eighties hat on. Um, it's, it's we just, live in it's hope with that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, he wears it all the time, doesn't he? It's, it's a trip down it's a trip down memory lane, really, and it's it's going to bring back memories and just it's just going to be so much fun, I think. And and we're just rehearsing for it now, and the tune, the tunes are so memorable that you you kind of know them before you mm. before you don't realise you know them. That's what I'm trying to say because they're, they're, they're so catchy. Live at the Hit Factory with Jonathan and Chrissy Cuttle is at the Peel Centenary Centre Saturday, the 16th of April, 8pm. Tickets available now at centenarycentre.com. A night of the very best 80s musical glitz and camp deliciousness from the best in the business. And who knows, Ben may well be there, as Jonathan suggests. Now, we all like to take a snap, and despite most of us having very little talent, the ubiquitousness of the mobile or camera with free phone attached, as it should be known, lots of us do like to share our efforts online. But some people are just that little bit better than others, as Jed Power agrees, as he talks to one of the very best. I'm talking to Mike Radcliffe, who is known as, I'd say, one of the island's most popular photographers online. Would that be a fair statement to make? <laughs> Good question. I don't know. I'd like to think so, but I don't know. Um, it's it's art subjective, isn't it? Photography subjective. Some people like it, some people don't. But now, of course, uh, in this day of uh, being online and having the opportunity to share your work, say, via Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, you can reach out to such a, a wide audience without, say, having a gallery. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I've been taking photographs since I was 16. Uh, historically it was a case you got prints and you had a, a photo album and you could show it to people but you never really got a, a realistic feedback as to what it was like, you know, like my pictures and everyone feels so, yeah, yeah, I do, whether they did or not. Now I've got followers in, literally around the world it's global, it's it's amazing South Africa, New Zealand, Australia Canada, you name it everywhere. So of course you've been snapping since 16 and really in those years the material would just be kept in a drawer, shared with family and friends, maybe the opportunity to have a, an exhibition somewhere. But this really is the facility to share your work far and wide. And you've talked about these contacts that you've made. What kind of material, what, what kind of output do they like? Waves. It's amazing. Uh, never felt to amaze me. I've got followers in, in America, uh, California, who specifically found me for the waves, Manx waves, and you think... you the scenery they've got. Norway. Norway is another example where the landscape is beautiful. I've been there a couple of times. Uh, Yet yeah, they specifically follow for the wave pictures I take. And I think that's fair to say that that is the identity and the mood of your work. Now that means that the waves are actually occurring when the weather is perhaps a, a little bit uh, tricky and tough. You must go out in some awful conditions. Yeah, I mean, I was out yesterday. Um, ended up in the arbor and you're trying to hold the camera still it's blown a expression makes blown a hoolie uh, camera's bouncing and trying to get slow blur water it's uh, it's great fun though i lose hours i'm out for you know i go out for the day and it's marvelous okay let's just break it down a little um i've admired your work for a number of years and i always think back to the the horse's head that appeared in one of your images please tell us it's not just a case of standing there with a the camera and just hitting the button What's the preparation? What are the settings that you're looking at? Well, the, the main preparation really is location. It's a bit like the program, location, location, location. Doing your research. Uh, people seem to think that you just jump out of the car, wait five minutes and it happens. 
uh, as if by magic. Um, it doesn't. It takes hours. I mean, literally, that particular day you're referring to, I was there for four hours, uh, a couple of hours before high tide, leading into high tide. Uh, the settings, um, low light. So whether getting too technical, you need to increase the sensitivity as well of the, the the sensor. So high. Uh, high ISO settings and shutter speed uh, I like to freeze the the water if I can so 16 hundredth of a second or faster the faster the, the shutter speed the better the, the more detail there is in the picture and it's amazing it's showing people the physics of waves everyone sees waves but they're like fingerprints every single one is different and of course the, the drama of the weather conditions that we have on the island are a selling point for selling the, the island's beauty f- far and wide and I think it encompasses the UNESCO biosphere that we cherish and, and hold here, you know, that, that status that we've got. Um, wh- where are you going to take it, Mike? What, what, what have you got planned for the future? Probably more waves. It's, it's trying to get there out there. I always see Manx Photographers, we're ambassadors for the island. It's getting the message out there. It's tourism. Otherwise, as I said, it, it's the uh, biosphere side of things. Protect the island. It's a beautiful location, but we're not careful. We could destroy it. Um, and it's a, it's a bit of a concern sometimes. Uh, I, I like to travel, I go to Scandinavia, and there's always that risk in encouraging people to come here that you destroy what you, you travel to see, sort of thing. But uh, if we're careful uh, and get the message out there and get people here, it's, I think. It's a fine balance, isn't it, to get people here for the right reasons and the right people to appreciate what we've got. And, and really, around the island, we, we have got some special places. I mean, just to finish off, just, just try and give us a few locations that you'd recommend people to go to that perhaps give you that moment, that bit of peace, that solitude, and just that time to reflect. Peace and quiet, the sound. It, it's beautiful. Um, Nyarbal. Um, if you've got a head for height, the chasms. Um, but my go-to place for waves is Cala Point. It's a, it's a, I must have tens of thousands of pictures now from <laughs> Cala Point. Um, always chasing the, the perfect wave, as it were. But yeah, we're spoilt for choice over here. I think it's everywhere you go. Yeah, so you can go to Nyarbal th- Every day of the weekend, it'll be a different view. The light's different. The, the sea conditions are different. The wildlife, we've got amazing wildlife here. It's so easy to take for granted. People tend to stick to the roads. They don't get into the countryside, and they miss so much. It's, I think it's, it, that's the, the key message. Is get, if my photographs encourage people to get out there, get out there, enjoy the Isle of Man. It's a beautiful place. So for the listeners, where can we find your work? Where are your favourite portals I have three, um, Facebook, Mike, uh, Mike Ragland Photography, uh, very original name, <laughs> uh, on Instagram and Twitter, Manx Mike Photos. And if you haven't seen Mike's work, check it out. Shows what can be done when you know what you're doing. And perhaps more importantly, as Mike himself says, just have a real eye for what makes a great photograph. Now, before I go, don't forget there's a pretty sharp show coming up at the Gaiety. Housewife's favourite and all-round superstar David Artis will be wielding the blade in what he told Neil Callan on Manx Theatre Podcast. It's a tricky show. It is the most complicated, uh, complicated show I've I've ever done, and uh, in my advancing in my advancing years, it's the hardest show I've ever done. But I also think that it's got potential to be. If I'm doing an interview like this in a couple of years' time, and someone asks me what my favourite show is, it's got potential to be a favourite show as well because. Mm-hmm. It, it, from a from a from a character actor point of view, it's uh, it's an amazing role. Yeah. I mean, I saw you, 
you very kindly called me a legend. But I, I actually, my, my legend's a guy called Tony Hawks. Oh. I don't know if you've had Tony on yet, have no, you? No, no, no. Right. Someone I want to well, get. Well, that's who you need on next because he is, he's a true legend. And uh, so I saw Tony play this in uh, 2004, is it? Yes, yeah, 2004. 2004 yeah. Um, and, and blew me away, you know. And I follow Tony actually in a, in a few roles now, Judas and. Um, and a couple of others, and uh, yeah, so that was that was um, it was in that era when the the sort of gritty reality musicals that John Cumberledge likes to direct and produce were, mm. were first being seen, right? So you had, you know, you had Scrooge and Jekyll and all of that kind of thing, and and I I love that. I gravitate towards that. David Artis, Artie, talking to Neil Callan, and if you want to hear much more of that interview, download Neil's wonderful Manx Theatre podcast. And, of course, a host of wonderful interviews you can access there any time you like. Sweeney Todd runs from the 5th to the 12th of March at the Gaiety Theatre. It's bound to be a smash hit, but don't expect any cut-price tickets. Yeah, OK, I'll get my coat. No, really, I will. We're out of time. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to manxradio.com and download the Spotlight podcast and listen at your leisure. Drop me a line with any artistic thoughts or ideas. Stay creative. And I'll see you next week. Cheerio.